Welcome to the Real Immunity Podcast, where we'll dig deeper into the concepts from the Real Immunity film series. Learn more at realimmunity.org. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the Real Immunity Podcast. I'm Scylla's assistant, Courtney, and for this first episode, I'll be talking to Scylla about why she created the Real Immunity film series, a series of three full-length films that include Quest for Real Immunity, Passage to Real Immunity, and Choosing Real Immunity. You'll be surprised to discover just how long Scylla has been at this topic, and you will love the insight she has to offer us all moving forward on a timeline where the very topic of real immunity is considered controversial. We'd like to start by sharing with you an excerpt from the Quest for Real Immunity film, where Scylla and Jeannie Ohm share their answers to the question, what is real immunity? And from there, we'll dive deep into this conversation with Scylla. So without further ado, here's an excerpt from Quest for Real Immunity. The quest for real immunity looks at immunity from a completely fresh perspective. We need to know what is real immunity? How can we lose the fear? And who are the experts who are exploring safe, non-toxic methods, sustainable ways for better health? Because immunity is not just delivered by the end of a needle or with a pill. Real immunity encompasses all parts of ourselves, mental, physical, emotional, even spiritual and it continues to develop throughout our entire lives. So join me now on a quest for real immunity. in chiropractic we talk about the doctor within the wisdom within that innate intelligence within our body that takes two cells and brings them together and how many days later is a baby a live living breathing baby and it wasn't done um by any outside educated knowledge it was done by that innate intelligence within all of us that's the magic of life that that we need to focus more on and realize I have a cut and it heals. My body knows what it's doing. I come in touch with an organism. My body is perfectly designed, my immune system, to do a dance with that organism and to be able to learn from the presence of that organism and strengthen my immune system. That was a great clip, and welcome, Scylla. I want to start by asking you to talk a bit about why you decided to create the Real Immunity film series. I started to see this shift in my clients coming in and recognizing that they were filled with kind of a fear and a dread about all disease. They were running to the ER with their kids with low temperatures, um, They weren't trusting themselves. They weren't trusting their own intuition. You know, I grew up at a time in the 1960s when mothers were home. They 
kept their children home if they had a fever, if they were sick, they fed them ginger ale, let them watch TV, and you missed a few days of school, and you went back, and it was just part of life. Being sick was just part of life. And here I was watching these mothers panic. They were flipping out. They were, you know, very nervous and anxious and not trusting themselves and looking towards other people to tell them what to do with their child with the sniffles. And I realized that they needed a reminder about what's immunity and how they can guide their child through it very effectively that that as their role as a mother included that. So I wanted to share something to really remind them of that, that ability to access real immunity. Beautiful. And I feel like what Jeannie Ohm says in that clip about pregnancy is such a great message to remind um, mothers, parents about, especially that the body is meant to kind of do these things. It's meant to get sick and heal and, and be better. And that's essentially what she's describing as this process of real immunity. And I'm wondering if in your own words, you can share with everybody what your definition of real immunity is. Well, yeah, Jeannie does a beautiful job of kind of illustrating the magic of immunity because what's happened in our society is we've become highly technological and we've revered technology and put it on a pedestal as if more technology, greater technology is better, better, better. And this is the goal. And what that's doing is negating the human magic of immunity because Jeannie really describes it beautifully that, oh my gosh, these two cells come together and a life is formed or you have a cut and it heals. This is what our bodies are capable of. So my definition of real immunity is kind of like the prime directive. It's, it's what we're moving towards. It's what we absolutely know how to do. It's in our genes, it's in our DNA, and it's always been there. So we know how to heal. And that's definitely what the human body wants to do. It wants to evolve. It wants to heal. It wants to grow, expand. Expansion is what the universe does. And we are part of the universe. So that's our real immunity, not more technology. Right. That's beautiful. I love that idea that the human body is just constantly wanting to expand, that we're just trying so hard to get us to, um, to trust what's inside. And yet we've been taken on this trip where all of us are looking outside of ourselves for the answers. And right. that seems to be what you're alluding to is the difference between the generation that you grew up with and it grew up in. And then this generation that I'm living in as a mother where we're all just crumpling under the anxiety of um, what's going on with our children and, and the fear that's been sort of provoked. Right, right. And I'll, I'll tell you what I think the role of technology is really. And that is this, it's informing us of how we can access our 
psychic abilities a little bit better. In other words, this instant communication, being able to email something, someone on the other side of the world, being able to instant message, being able to, you know, immediately with keystrokes, um, uh, relate to someone in another part of the world. This is priming us for this telepathic ability to communicate emotions and feelings and thoughts and because really we're all connected. Really we're all able to do that. I can think about you in New York while I'm in Minnesota and you can all of a sudden feel like I need to contact Scylla. Um, and this happens to us all the time and people disregard it. But this is the telepathic skill that we have that's becoming more and more honed, more attuned with technology, because we're seeing that technology is kind of a, it's a stepping stone to get there. But the reality is we can all communicate and we're all connected on this level without the technology. But the technology is just a step to teach us how it can be done. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. I love that. And I've never heard that before. And it totally rings as true because it's sort of like we're making technology wrong on the one hand, but it's actually here to assist us in seeing that right. this is what we're capable of all along. You know, Right. And it's not the end point. The technology is not the end point. It's just a stepping stone to teach us what we're capable of doing. Wow. That's amazing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. So um, with your practice as a homeopath um, and having, you know, clients for as long as you've had, um, why do you think it's such a foreign concept to so many people and so many parents to embrace their real immunity and embrace, um, you know, the health within yeah, so media is insidious. Media is very um, influential. And it was in, um, let me think of the year, when in the US, direct-to-consumer advertising was allowed with the drug companies. Was it 19... 79, 89, I can't recall exactly, but at that time, we're, we're one of two countries in the world, New Zealand and the US, where direct-to-consumer advertising is allowed. So when that started happening and people were bombarded with the message that if you have restless legs, you take this pill. If you have diabetes, you take this medicine. Go talk to your doctor and get this medicine, get this pharmaceutical drug. So the implication and the message is every symptom is bad. You don't want any of these symptoms and you simply take this drug and it stops that symptom. And then you're gonna look like these people on the screen that are young and healthy and happy and vibrant. And that's all you need to do. This is a deep and insidious message that has been communicated to people over the last number of decades. And what it does, it robs people of their innate ability 
to recognize that disease is part of life, that illness is part of life. It's here to teach us something. It's here to evolve us and you know, move us along this road of evolution. And we've lost it. We've forgotten all of that. So young mothers today are victims of media and it's coming at them through the radio, through the TV. It's coming at them from every direction. So of course, they have adopted the attitude that oh, I can't be sick. My child can't be sick. If they are, that's, that's bad. And I have to just give them a pill. So I have to go to an expert to find out what pill to give them. And, and that's, that's my conclusion of why this shift has happened. Yeah. So, so mothers have just been completely bombarded with, mm-hmm. with this message. brainwashed brainwashed. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it comes from everywhere, obviously from, from TV, but now with the internet, you turn, you know, you, you, everywhere you look, there's just like, what do you take for this? And, oh my goodness, heaven forbid you have a fever or something like this because you're just going to (laughs) die. So I, I really, um, I couldn't agree more that that's definitely the case. Um, and homeopathy is vitalistic medicine. V- vitalistic medicine says that the human being uh, embodies wisdom, that life has intelligence, that we are connected to that intelligence, and that our symptoms are expressions of that intelligence that indicate what we need to do to heal. And it's all connected. Whereas, you know, reductionist medicine. With, that the pharmaceutical company subscribes to says everything is bad. You, f- you break up the body, chop it up in pieces. You find out what that symptom is. You stop that symptom and then the person's okay. Yes. And more and more it's become this specialist or that specialist. Nobody can look at the whole picture. No, you got to go to the, the specialist because you have a cardiac problem or an endocrine problem or a dermatological problem. And People are fed up with it. People are starting to get to the end of their rope with this kind of reductionist um, treatment of their bodies. And yeah. vitalistic medicine is just the opposite. It looks at the whole person. Yes, yes, and it and it doesn't make symptoms wrong. It's that's kind right. of leads you to in the right direction. It actually, um, you know, uses symptoms to guide. And that's, the, that's what the beautiful thing is about uh, homeopathy. And it's, it's quite a leap for people uh, to move from, you know, the suppression of symptoms to the, you know, basically to allowing symptoms to happen. Um, and why do you think that is? Like, what is it that makes that such an obstacle for, for parents? Well, you know, we love our children and we don't want our children to suffer. And I see it time and time again, where parents, it's very difficult to tolerate your child's suffering. And, you know, what's the saying? A mother's only as happy as her unhappiest child. And, you know, it it tears our hearts out to see our children suffering. So of course, if somebody's dangling a carrot that says, you just give this pill and the suffering stops, wow, we're going to grab at that carrot, right? It's, it's a hard lesson to learn that you have to be patient and persevere and just be with that suffering. It's a, a really difficult lesson. Yeah, yeah. And yet I think that there's even a level to it where we've been indoctrinated to think suffering is 
so wrong, you know, and that it's abusive to be a parent to put your kid through any kind of suffering. But also I think there's, there's a degree to which I feel like the human body really needs to have some suffering. And, you know, of course, I don't think any parent wants to see their child suffer. I also right. think that the tolerance for that has really diminished. As right, we, right. Yeah. But it's transformational. And, you know, I have one adult child who had a lot of anxiety issues um, growing up. And he has said to us that the best thing you ever did was just to be with me and mm -hmm. not try to fix it but just spend time and just, it's called holding the space, I guess, you know, um, we would just sit with him and just be with him and recognize we can't fix this. We can't change this, but we can be here. And he has complimented us again and again and again, that that was the most meaningful, helpful thing that we did for him. And it didn't involve doing anything other than mm -hmm. just being Yes. And it's hard. That's, that's hard to do with your children. Definitely. It's especially if we're in, you know, fix it mode and not wanting right. that to happen. And just the right. fact that he um, had the capacity to see that that was healing for him. And I probably have two of my kids would probably be a little more. They, they, they basically just would want the attention um, or just to know that they're being seen and you know, someone's there experiencing that uncomfortable space with them. And then right. I have one kid who really can't stand any, you know, bit of suffering and wants, you know, that to go away. But um, so it's definitely different, um, whatever the situation is, but that seems very um, homeopathic to me as well, just by um, being with someone and taking their case alone is, is very healing. So I think that a lot of personalities are nurtured by that alone. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm wondering if you can help us understand why the concept of real immunity is ever more relevant right now. Wow. Yeah. It's extremely relevant now because media again, back to media, has pushed us to a place of high anxiety. And that anxiety causes us to grasp at whatever solution is being offered. Even if the solution doesn't make any sense, if the solution changes moment to moment, day by day, now you're going to do this, now you're going to do that, nope, do this, do that, it's crazy making. And hopefully the contrast of that craziness will help people to wake up and recognize that the answers don't exist outside themselves. The series is even more relevant today because real immunity has become censored. It's insane, really. I mean, we've watched as people who have acquired COVID naturally have better immunity, wider immunity, broader immunity, and the studies bear that out. We see many, many, many studies that show that and that those people getting the jab actually have negative efficacy and they're getting sick more. 
we're seeing that. So it's just confirmation that real immunity is the most effective yet on social media and all these different places, anything that has to do with quote unquote real immunity becomes censored as if it's a dirty word. It's the world is upside down. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's, it's literally upside down. And so the real immunity films are so relevant now because they're grounded, they're rational, they're clear. They have experts that when the film was made um, were the rational voices talking about real immunity. And many of them have become very well known and famous now like Dal Bigtree or Paul Thomas or um, Joe Dispenza. A lot of these people now are very, very visible. And back then I just recognized that these were the leading edge voices. These were the people who were talking sense basically about reality and authenticity and real immunity. Yes, and you've been doing this for quite a long time because the real immunity films came out um, long before the pandemic. How long have you been having this conversation about real immunity? Right, probably since about 2003. And, you know, I met some uh, key figures with homeoprophylaxis, such as Isaac Golden, and started uh, making connections with people in India, some of the doctors in India. Um, at that time, uh, I wrote a couple of books early in the 2000s, 2012, one came out, 2014, one came out. I was teaching at Normandale Community College and it was, I taught a variety of homeopathy classes, but one of them was actually called Vaccine Information. And this is before we became so heavily censored. Um, and I would look at different studies, go to conferences. The National Vaccine Information Center conference was held in 2007 or 2009. And I would teach based on some of that information that was there. That's, that's where I met Andy Wakefield. Um, so basically, at that time I was teaching and it wasn't heavily censored until one day someone in my local area went to the health department and complained that I was teaching a class and not supporting flu shots. And uh, I was kind of called in to be told what I could say, what I couldn't say, that my name was on a list, I was being watched and I was flabbergasted because I felt like this is insane. And I ultimately quit teaching at the college because I wasn't going to be um, contained in quite that way. So um, that was the beginning of recognizing that things were gonna start being censored more and more. But to be honest, the parents that were in those classes back in 2007, 2010, right in there, Th those parents could now teach that class because parents have become so much more educated. They have taken responsibility. They've done their research, which is great, which tells me things are really, really changing. 
Um, and then in 2014, 15, I did some conferences. I did three different international conferences where I brought Indian doctors uh, over from India to speak about homeoprophylaxis. Uh, Isaac Golden from Australia, he spoke. Tatiana Obukanich, who is a well-known immunologist, she spoke. Andy Wakefield came and spoke at these conferences. So that was in the mid um, the 2014, 15, 16, right in there. And um, that kind of brings us up to the present. And then the films came out in 2018, I guess the films came out. So I was working on them from 2016, 17, 18, and then they, they launched in 2018. And then now they're available on Gaia.com. So they can be found on Gaia. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've been at it a long time and you had like the first taste of censorship and all that has come down the pike for everybody in the natural health kind of uh, community. It's, you know, absolutely been insane. But um, I think that if people take a look at the Real Immunity series, there's so much great advice and, you know, just messages from people like Andy and others who are seeing this, <laughs> seeing what's about to unravel. Um, and just as it, as it occurs, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, you know, Courtney, my goal in the beginning, I said to myself, who's this film for, you know, who, who am I addressing? Am I trying to convince people of anything? And the answer that came back was, no, I want to support people that are starting to think in this direction. I want to show them there are other people who really support their way of thinking. They're not alone. They're not unsupported. And that's what I want to do. So many people have commented that these films are not heavy handed. They're not trying to convince. They're simply showing evidence and the voices of people who are well-grounded, responsible individuals who are just talking about what's real. Yes, and I would agree with that too. It's it's almost like a lullaby, like it's so soft and so gentle and it's not just like fiercely coming at you right. at all. Um, and it's nourishing, it's nourishing to moms and parents who may feel alone. Um, and if I look at my own experience as a parent, I would have to say that's been the most helpful thing is to have a community of parents or just even one who's thinking the way I'm thinking so that you don't feel absolutely, you know, batshit crazy <laughs> about it. Right, right. Stranded. Yeah. yeah. And you've got the support um, from at least one other person that you really value uh, modeling something that you really agree with. And there's a, a different way of going. So um, absolutely. That's super supportive. And then finally, I want to ask you um, for new parents who are maybe stepping into this solo for uh, the first time, what would you recommend to them as their first steps in accessing these concepts in the real immunity film? Well, do your research, find your tribe, you know, find other parents who've walked the path and can give you support, definitely. And recognize that there are a lot of professionals out there who can create a team for you. And I frequently tell people, you need a good chiropractor, you need a good homeopath, you need somebody who's familiar with nutrition. And 
these people can really guide you through those early years of raising your children, that pediatricians have their place and emergency medicine is wonderful. If your child's, you know, hit by a car or needs stitches or, you know, has, has an emergency, you want an ER doc and they have their place. But generally pediatricians, their goal is to vaccinate. Well, child checks are about vaccinations. And what's come to public knowledge is that their bread and butter depends on this. They get so much per child if their practice is uh, 80, 90% fully vaccinated. So that's what they're dependent on. And that's what they're going to be encouraging. And that's also what they have very little education about. I've talked to many doctors who say they get an afternoon of information about vaccines, which is mostly the schedule and how to adhere to the schedule. So most parents doing a little research will know much more about the ingredients and the studies and everything else. So I would say, don't necessarily feel that you have to depend on a pediatrician because there's there's a lot to be had out there with a chiropractor who's got hands on your child and adjusting your child with a homeopath who can treat acutely with a nutritionist who can talk to you about nutrition. Um, you know, create your team, basically create your team, get your parents that support you and recognize that you can do this. And that, that, model of having one authority that you go to, that you follow, no matter what your intuition says, it's becoming outdated. Beautiful. I love that answer, especially since um, that was probably one of my first experiences as a new parent when I had my my first baby. Um, And I thought I was with a very supportive uh, pediatrician um, until he was about 10 months old. And she suddenly out of the blue was pushing um, formula on us. And it felt, you know, what I, what I took away is I walked into that appointment so confident. And yet I walked out feeling like so low. And on my way home, driving home, I remember thinking, do you really feel that's true? What she said, when you walked in there, you were fine what actually happened there and just to really feel that out when things don't feel like the right message for you you know and I love the message that you're giving for people to build their support because that's absolutely essential and nowadays there's so many ways to access that support so so great. Well, Scylla, it was great talking to you. If you want to learn more about Scylla and her offerings, please go to realimmunity.org where her blog and her HP programs, and you can even schedule a consult with her if you're interested in doing that. She also has all three of the Real Immunity films up there for you to stream from home. And if you're wanting to, you can join our empowerment group, which is a great way to watch the quest for real immunity film, which also allows you to connect with your tribe on the concepts of quest for real immunity. And this is something that people often use with their homeschool group. You can also get all three of the real immunity films at Gaia. 
Thank you for joining us for our podcast. You can go to realimmunity.org to learn more about health, homeopathy, and homeoprophylaxis, and to watch the Real Immunity film series. Thank you.